Father, we know exactly the things you hate because you tell us what you hate. May we not fall into this category in willful or ignorant disobedience. May we stand having done all to stand in your truth, even if this means correcting a brother in love, as you have called us to do. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, I'd like to start off with Proverbs chapter 17 and verse 19. Wasn't going to record a podcast today, but I feel it necessary to go ahead and get this one published because I believe that it's important. But this proverb states, He loveth transgression that loveth strife, and he that exalteth his gate seeketh destruction. There's a whole lot of strife going on, not only in the world, but even in the church, unnecessary strife. And this is where I find Christian nationalism to be unnecessary. It's unnecessary, my Christian friends. We don't need this extra addendum, this adjective attached to the name of Christian. Christian will suffice. Well, there was a a few comments, not only on this article, that we are talking about today that I had published in in written format, a version of it, uh, but also my response to Andrew Torba and Andrew Isker's book, Christian Nationalism. And here's one. Jenna D. says, Love the article. At this point, I see no reason to waste my hard-earned money buying the book. If it ever reaches my local library, I might thumb through it, though I doubt I would even check the book out. She says, we Christians don't need Christian nationalism. She says, we need a Holy Spirit-led revival focusing on the return of our one and only King, Christ. Well said, Genedy. I completely and 100% agree. A brother in Christ by the name of Matt Ludecki, he says, I appreciate your comments. I have not read the book, but I will. I'm anticipating that I will hold similar positions to yours as as I've seen Christian nationalism throughout history. He says the Roman Catholic Church and then John Calvin in Geneva and then a ministry called Vision Form in the early 2000s are a few examples. The intermingling of church and state by force is not a biblical principle. Applying biblical truths to government in every area of our lives is. It's the forced belief part where the problem comes in. John Calvin burned people at the stake for what he termed doctrinal errors. He did what the Catholic Church did to the heretics. This is not the way, he says. Christ is to be our intermediary, to gain access to the Father. Certainly striving to put Bible-believing leaders in place is a good thing, but not forcing belief, Matt says. Then Melanie replied to Matt as well on Gab and says, I've deliberately remained out of this larger discussion as long ago I lost any faith in the political process, she says. As an observer of the state of our world, generally thinking we are already under God's judgment. That said, this comment, speaking of Matt's comment, sums up my point of view 100%, she says. 
Then Melanie concludes, we need to seek Christ first, truly repentant. Only then can we disciple others with the goal of growing the ranks of brothers and sisters in Christ. This is our mandate. By doing that, we do transform the world. Amen, sister. Well said. Man with the golden dart, 00777, says, great article. Said it well. The main issue I'm having with Andrew Torbo's Christian nationalism is the dominionism aspect. Of course he believes Jesus returned in the first century, and that will mess everything else up. So here, Man with the Golden Dart notes the faulty eschatology, which is fueling this faulty dominionism. And I agree with Man with the Golden Dart. Liz Thompson 505 chimes in and says, Thank you for posting the article. It answered a lot of questions that I've been struggling with. I'm a 19... I am 19 months into accepting the Lord into my heart and life. I'm thankful for your post. Well, I'm thankful for you and for your encouragement. Uh, Liz Thompson, may God's blessing and peace be upon you. Twistle on Gab says, Quick, because I'm busy today, but I read your write-up this morning, and I think it's pretty much how I feel. Keep speaking truth. These denigrating ad hominems are certainly not going to win people over to their cause. So it's with these replies and comments that we see that I am not alone with this discernment and perception concerning Christian nationalism and the strife and division that it is causing. Now, I suppose that there are those who love drama and the sin that goes along with it. They love strife in accordance with the proverb that we opened up with. And maybe this is why inflammatory labels are invented and imposed upon us way too regularly, even by those who call themselves Christians. Some have even openly said that the drama is literally good for business. Well, I understand your desire to do business, I suppose. I understand this mammon part, but is this good for the soul is my question. Is it good for the glory of God and his kingdom? Now, I think you and I know the answer to this question because we have seen many who have sold out for the shekels, for the 30 pieces of silver. And all I have to say is if you are a coward and fearful to speak out against these things, this growing beast called Christian nationalism because you're looking for a boost on Gab or something, you got issues, my friend. The other day I went on Twitter and I followed what used to be the Gab.com Twitter account, but it's now been rebranded to Christian Nationalist at Smash Idols. Now the post that I seen was immediately inflammatory and then it stated those who reject Christian nationalism are disobedient Christians. No Bible verse, just an inflammatory statement that clearly gendered strife. Now we know that Proverbs chapter 6, verse 16 through 19, that we referenced in our opening prayer concerning the things that God hates. This passage states, These six things doth the Lord hate, yea, seven are an abomination unto him. A proud look, a lying tongue in hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devised wicked imaginations, feet that be swift to running mischief, 
a false witness that speaketh lies, and he that soweth discord among the brethren. He that soweth discord among the brethren. And so they say that if you reject Christian nationalism, you're just a disobedient Christian. I think that was rather inflammatory. But what's even more concerning, in this same Twitter post, he says to be part of Christ's kingdom is to bring the kingdoms of this world into submission to Christ's kingship. Are you kidding me? Most of the majority of the families, well, they do not have the power to bring their family to the kingship of Christ. It's the spirit of God that draws men. So even with our own family, we don't have the power, but yet you're going to sit here and say that we're commissioned to bring the nations into submission? This is borderline blasphemy, my friends, because here you're putting yourself in the place of the spirit of the living God and the power of Christ. This is not our lane. A disciple J.J. was obviously inflamed by all this. She had posted on the written article comment section on Substack and says, Wow, Torba's arrogance, biblical illiteracy, and unwillingness to open his mind are completely disgusting, she says. As to your question above, it is difficult for me to care about someone who is leading true Christians astray. Jesus, help my uncaring. I agree, sister. It's tough. Our flesh wants to fight back. I got it. And as a Christian, plus or minus nothing, indicating my plus or minus nothing faith in Christ, they've attempted to attach Republican to my Christian name, then MAGA, then Q, then America First. And then when none of those worked, now they want to say that I am a Christian nationalist, and if I don't bow to that, I'm not a I'm not a Christian, or at the very least, a compromising, subpar, disobedient Christian. Believe me, sister, I know how you feel. Because if there was such a thing as a Christian middle finger, they probably would see it from me. But I must bow my head, and I must pray over these things, and I must submit them to Almighty God, knowing we are in Ephesians 6, spiritual war. I don't want to add to the unnecessary strife. Yesterday I had posted a little picture of a middle finger and it had it, it was a, a skeleton uh, with a middle finger that had another bone in the middle finger and it looked like a cross. And I did this to make the point that when you add to the name Christian, and by the way, just because you put Christian next to something, it does not make it Christian. So if I say Christian middle finger, that does not make that middle finger Christian and what and what it's trying, what it's putting forth, what it's saying. This goes for Christian nationalism. So in this picture, I put them side by side to show the equal disgust. Now, of course, a sniper. A so-called Christian sniper wants to come by and say, take that down. That's an unholy, blasphemous representation. And then tries to accuse me of cursing Christians uh, because of this comparison of disgust. That I, He didn't ask me what my intent was. You know what? I tried to do the Christian thing at first. He, he did start getting underneath my skin. 
because I explained to him the comparison of disgust that I was ma- making. But no, he had to had to uh, uh, um, insert his dominance and say, yeah, make sure you know that I told you to take that down. I said, no, I'm not taking it down until they take their Christ- Christian nationalism down. But anyways, that conversation ended up going south. I did pray for the man, uh, even though he didn't really get underneath my skin. And if there was such thing as a Christian middle finger, he would have seen it too. But then again, that would be unnecessary strife that we need to avoid. Matter of fact, I think I'm going to entitle this episode Christian Middle Finger Unnecessary Strife number 256. Now, if I was a betting man, this sniper that came out of nowhere never commented on any of my material before. I think it was the tirade on Christian nationalism that set off. I'm not sure that he cared about the middle finger at all. But anyways, only God knows. Now back to this book, Christian Nationalism, A Biblical Guide for Taking Dominion and Discipling Nations by Andrew Torba and Andrew Isker. A Dinsmore Sheepskins had asked, is that his quote or is that a quote from a book? As he responds to this, if you reject Christian nationalism, you are a disobedient Christian. Not to mention to be part of Christ's kingdom is to bring the kingdoms of the world into submission to Christ's kingship. So he was wondering where that came from. That is a direct quote from the book. In the book, he states the Great Commission means that if you are a Christian, you are axiomatically a Christian nationalist. If you say you are a Christian and you reject Christian nationalism, you're just a disobedient Christian. To be part of Christ's kingdom is to bring the kingdoms of this world into submission to Christ's kingship. So this is a direct quote from the book. Now, followed by this strife-generating, inflammatory statement from this former Gab account, now called Christian Nationalism, there was a retweet by this same account from a PSL Catholic hockey enjoyer, is the profile name, and he says, in replying to Steve D's show, Christian nationalism is epic. He says anyone who isn't a Christian nationalist is suspect and is probably a commie. Now, before this profile account, not the Gab account, but PSL Catholic Hockey Enjoyer, blocked me, I quote replied him in response, and I said, so... Born-again Christians in Christ are enemies for adhering to the Word of God. History repeats, I see. And I quote at 1 Peter 2.9, But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people. And I told them, I bow to Christ, not your Christian nationalism. And then he, quote, replies me back before he blocks me and says, Tell me you don't understand basic English without telling me you do not understand. So here we see, because I do not bow to Christian nationalism, I am now a suspect commie, disobedient Christian, and enemy. Now I find this all interesting because of the fact that it clearly generates 
unnecessary strife. Breen Pulpit replies, I'm yeah, pathetic. So when you stand for the word of God and against idolatry, like Christian nationalism, because it's God plus something, you're the enemy. And so begins the persecution of the faithful, he says. Come and get me because I will never recant, and neither will I, brother. Keep up the good fight. And, oh, I did tell that PSL Catholic one more thing in response to this tell me you don't understand basic English. I said, all I need to know, thank you. I didn't need to go any further in any unnecessary strife. I didn't need to give him, give him a Christian middle finger. I just told him, that's all that I need to know. Thank you. I will pray for your soul. Then he blocked me with no further response. Now, the same morning, all of this going on, I received a phone call from a Gab brother in Christ who agreed, along with one of our brothers in Christ. This brother on the phone agreed that Dominion theology of Christian nationalism is misguided, dangerous, and simply not biblical. And I'm convinced personally, that it will ultimately fuel the rise of the Antichrist because we know that Satan is a counterfeiter of light. And I believe that he will come from the right side of the political spectrum because the demons themselves are predominantly on the left. We see this because they do not hide the fact that they are not ministers of light. They openly oppose the light. Now, during our phone call, we agreed that Andrew Torba is a brother in Christ, whom the Lord is molding and shaping. I've yet to see otherwise. And we also agreed that we should pray for him, and we ended, ended our phone call in prayer for him. So to those who believe that the article format of this episode that was written, or this episode is, itself, is to gender more strife, it is not. I write this and I preach this episode because I truly care about this brother. And I have followed his work called Gab for some years now. And I've defended him many times as other controversial matters have arisen. And I defended him. Now, another brother and a long friend of mine Rick Wisecarver, Brother Wise, he notes on Gab, he, he writes, It's hard to hate a brother for being naive. Fifteen years we might we might have led a charge for Christian nationalism. The more you know, the more you realize you don't. And we talked about this on the phone as well. And he says, The only truth that withstands the test of time is the Word of God. He says, As King Charles takes the throne, he will also be given the title Defender of the Faith and Supreme Governor of the Church of England. He said the Queen held the same title. Let's see how it works out for them. Just like I mentioned maybe in the other episode, how's it all working out for England, their their version of Christian nationalism. And, and, and Rick agrees because he says this far it's been unpromising. He quotes Hebrews ten sixteen. This is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, saith the Lord. I will put my laws into their hearts and in their minds will I write them. Hebrews ten seventeen. And their sins and iniquities will I remember no more. He says if God puts the law in our hearts, do men think it more effective to legislate Christianity? Can't legislate it. That's right, brother. And as for this uh, na- naivety, Ultimately, only God knows concerning Torba. 
But after finding an overview of Christian nationalism and dominionism on Wikipedia that has a picture of a unique cross that happens to be sold on a hat in the Gab Dissenter shop, I have to scratch my head. And we talked about this uh, dominion theology. Just look it up. Look up dominion th- theology, and there's an overview on Wikipedia, which I might have mentioned in the previous episode, and you'll see that the cross that I'm talking about. And if you go to the Gab Dissenter shop, you'll see it on a hat. But I do gr- agree that we should try to minimize the strife that is generated by our behaviors and our responses and our interactions with one another. And I think what helps with that is sympathy, but at a point there is a line that is drawn in the sand. Because Rick is right, there's only God knows what we would have done 15 years ago as we both served in the military and were very pro-America and ignorant uh, to many things that are behind the scene concerning our Babylonian nation. And our biblical understanding was not as sharp as it is today. And I have to admit, I'm still growing. But all I know is that the understanding I had then, like I said, is not the understanding that I have now in all points. We have both grown in the faith since. And I fully expect, it is my prayer, that Andrew Torba will grow in his faith as well. Now we must do our best. It's hard. I know it's hard. It's it's extremely hard, but we must do our best by God's grace to seek him. Lord, help us to show forth the same love, grace, mercy, and long-suffering that you have shown us. But at the same time, sometimes the line is drawn in the sand, and we cannot turn a blind eye, be apathetic, or be without correction when it's needed. Do we truly love our brothers? If we see them go down a dark path that leads to destruction and say nothing, no, we hate them. Now, speaking of this correction, I have to go back to the statement to be part of Christ's kingdom is to bring the kingdoms of the world into submission to Christ's kingship. All I know is that many are literally not buying this verbiage. Here's another reply. On Gab from Alia Vox, Alia Vox on Gab. I don't know, but it seems to me that the one who can shake the heavens and earth, Job 9, 6, 38, 13, Psalm 18, 7, Isaiah 2, 19, and 21, 13, 13, 14, 16, Hebrews 12, 26, Revelation 6, 13, etc., etc. And cause the heavens to dissolve and the elements to melt with fervent heat, 2 Peter 3, 10, does not need our assistance to bring his kingdom to this world, Elia Vox says on Gab. He continues, he or she, he is God, and to suggest otherwise that, it, that he is weak, impotent, and incapable of affecting the change that he spoke through his prophecies is literally playing with fire. Says Christian nationalism is nowhere to be found in the scripture, has no place in Christianity, and is an affront to God concludes Ilya Vax's passionate statement. So here we see that this Gab user clearly believes that God is in control. Why do we not believe that he's not in control? Romans 13.1 says, Let every soul be subject unto the higher powers, for there is no power but of God. The powers that 
be or ordained of God, do you still believe that God is not in control of the nations? I'd also have you to notice that in this same passage, it says, be subject unto the higher powers. Does this mean obey evil rulers that defy the word of God? No, it means that God has put them in place for judgment. And we are to accept this fact when we are faced with suffering and persecution, which I believe is coming, by the way. And it's this subjection to the sovereignty of Almighty God that we better find ourselves before pretty soon. I think we see Pilate as he was touched by this same idea as we look at Pilate's dominionism, which could be represented by Christian nationalism versus Jesus Christ's dominionism, which is kingdom nationalism. Now in John 19.10, we see Pilate's dominionism. Then said Pilate unto him, Speak thou not unto me, knowest thou that I had not power to crucify thee, and have power to release thee? And then Jesus Christ, in his all power and dominion, steps in in verse 11, and says, Jesus answered, Thou couldest have no power at all against me, except it were given thee from above. Therefore he that delivereth unto me, thee hath the greater sin. I think Pilate sought to change course in verse 12 until the Jews tested him with the nationalism that's earthly. In verse 12, And from thenceforth Pilate sought to release him, but the Jews cried out, saying, If thou let him go, thou art not Caesar's friend. Whosoever maketh him a king speaketh against Caesar. So here they put him to a fleshly national test. And this is exactly what the Christian nationalists are doing by making their nationalism a litmus test for Christianity and not Christ alone. And yet they hate me because I'm Christ alone. All I know is that history is validating itself as it repeats. Cannibal hates salad on Gab says, this is a load of dookie. There is no Christian nationalism. There is only the body of Christ. Says Torba is deceiving folk and leading them straight off a cliff of idolatry. Twistle on Gab says it smacks of absolutism. And I agree, because it's this type of absolutism that we will see uh, the Antichrist demand obedience and submission or off with the head. Twistle on Gab says that's exactly how these do or else declarations feel to me. These, these days, I just don't care about any of this political noise. It's boring and I'm over it. Politics is not my calling. Rather, caring for the people of my life is where my energy belongs. And I said, amen, my friend, because one we will be judged for and the other not so much. Brian Pulpit on Gab says, this is a shocking statement to make. If not rejected by Christians, then it shall be led into more fables. Johnny Thin Filthy Toes on Gab says, wow, that's heresy or blasphemy or something. Machinist 21 on Gab said, quotes Revelation 11:15, and the seventh angel sounded, and there was great voices in heaven saying, The kingdoms of this world are become the kingdoms of the Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. This, com- this coming to be is entirely the work of God and happens in his appointed time. And I agree, brother. But as we can see, the strife has been stirred. I don't believe that Andrew Torba subscribes to a works-based salvation, but come on, brother. 
At the very least, this type of writing needs to be tightened up because we know that to be part of Christ's kingdom is by faith alone in Christ. We must be born again, John 3, 3. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. 1 Corinthians 15, 50. Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, neither doth corruption inherit corruption. No wonder the Lord just laid upon my heart, Romans 8, chapter 5, and verse 9, for they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the spirit the things of the spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace, because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God, but you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If so be that the spirit of God dwell in you. Now, if any man have not the spirit of Christ, he is none of his. And because I do not call myself a Christian nationalist, a earthly American Christian nationalist, I am now an enemy of the Christian state who supposedly serves under a female pastor, according to Gab's old Twitter account, Christian nationalist at Smash Idols. He says, my, in quotes, my female pastor told me Christian nationalism isn't a thing. Soy Christian. Signed, a soy Christian. Swamp Dweller read this and said, wow, they're vicious. This is nothing like what I believe Christianity to be. I agree, my sister. This is not where we need to be. We do not need to be slinging these type of middle fingers at one another because it's not Christianity. It's hijacked Christianity, which is now called Christian nationalism. All I can say is prepare, prepare your heart, mind, and soul because it's coming. Our faith will be tried. Speaking of trials, I saw a post on Twitter that supposedly is from Russia quoting Bible verses. So here we have Russia quoting Bible verses and Christian nationalism quoting their own false gospel of dominionism. But Russia says, and then the Western countries will not be able to sit in their clean houses and apartments. Laughing how they carefully weaken Russia by proxy. Everything flares up around them. Their people grab grief in full. They will literally burn the earth and melt concrete. We will also get a lot. Everyone will be very, very bad, they say. After all, it is said from these three plagues, from fire, smoke, brimstone, that went out of their mouths, a third part of the people died. Revelation 9.18. So Russia is quoting the Bible. All I know, my friends, is something is near. I feel something is near. A pastor on Gab, Pastor Vance, seems to agree and says the rise of the theonomy in our day will undoubtedly lead to the persecution of Christians as it has in the past. Now, I agree with this because we've seen this historically in the past, as one of our opening commenters said. And this is what we're seeing, a form of theonomy called Christian nationalism. And it has reared its head today as history repeats. We'll see how far it gets. We also know from history and the current examples of our day that this forced down upon society religion never works. It never does. And it never will end, end well. 
Those who think that you are taking dominion and kingdom territory by force, you only deceive your own self. It's this false notion and thesis of taking dominion that becomes the real problem. This is the problem, the crux of the matter. False dominionism when Jesus Christ has all power and all dominion. Bringing pulpit on Gab says, yes, my brother, I've been following this dominion theology for a while. It links to many Christians and proclaimed prophets are peddling this. And now it looks like it has a new name. Not to mention the uh, video clip that I came of some popular preacher who said that God is not in control, but, but and claims that he's going to name it and claim it. Breen Paul said, this is nothing more than two sides of the same coin. I agree. All I know is this, my friends. If God gives you a baseball that you're holding in your hand, and then he tells you to release it so he can throw it in the trash, do you resist God and fight him because it's your baseball, or do you simply obey God and release the ball? I think if you and I are smart, we would know to release the ball. Now, if God gives you a national home that you are a citizen of and decides to judge or destroy this nation, do you resist God and fight to preserve this nation? Or do you let God be God and let go if need be? So here is a question of the wills, God's will or man's will. I don't know about you, but I pray thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, regardless of blessing or judgment regardless of building or destruction. Jurgon Klopp says that's a valid analogy in view. Yet it is also valid that our nation is a gift from God for us to be good stewards of. He says we neglected our gift and handed it over to evil. And he says Christian nationalism, I suppose, can mean different things to different people, but the appeal to me is Christians reclaiming the gift and restoring it to its original form. For all citizens within it to live healthy lives, presumably the unbelievers will be compelled by our lives to see God in our lives. Watching God's gift be burned and doing nothing is not honoring God. He says a requisite for all of this is repentance. If there is no repentance, then Christian nationalism is a political ruse. And I agree. Regardless of how it is defined, without repentance and putting Christ first, it's all a political ruse. It's all a political ruse. And this is the crux of the matter that may include forsaking one's own nation if God so wills it. All we have to do is look at the example of Lot for this. If Lot was a Christian nationalist, should he have obeyed God and left Sodom? Jurgen Klopp replies, that's fair and certainly worthy to be cognizant of. But perhaps our nation is at the point where the Hebrews were debating whether it wanted gods like those in its neighboring nations. Is it too late for the citizens of this land to repent and turn back to God, he asks. I'm not convinced it is, but thank you for your reply and desire to sharpen my soul. I will be dil diligent. God bless you. Thank you for the love and respect, my friend. Now you ask, is it too late for the citizens of America to repent? All I know is that God knows, because he is the governor of the nations. And I want his will to be done. I pray for his will to be done. And our duty is to love him, love our neighbor, and to share the gospel. 
Take it one day at a time. And I pray for national repentance and revival if it's God's will. But at the same time, I'll pray for judgment and destruction if it's God's will. All I know is the latter is clearly seen to me today. It seems to be evident. I don't know for sure, but it sure does look like Romans chapter 1. And all I can do is thank God for his mercy and grace. All I can do is seek him to, for the strength to live by faith that he has given me, a faith that believes, repents, works for his glory and his glory alone. I noticed later in the day that the same former Gab Twitter account posted the gospel, and I encouraged him. I encouraged him in this effort as he had posted, the real red pill is that they hate you because they hated him first. Then he says, God is in charge. They've been doing this for 2,000 years and have failed every time and will continue. Jesus came to save you. The end. That's it, brother, right there. And I said, that's it. That's the gospel, Torba. Stick with the Bible and the fact that God is in control and that he is the governor of the nations. He gives and takes away. We take zero dominion from him. And I told him that I was praying for him in the same post. After all of this, I asked a simple question that no one could answer, no one chose to answer, and I said, can any Christian nationalist exegete the holy nation in 1 Peter 2.9? Because someone was quick to point out that there was nation that was translated throughout the Bible, and they wanted to debate what, those, what that nation meant. But while you're doing the exegeting, exegete the holy nation in 1 Peter 2.9 because this is what I'm concerned with concerning kingdom nationalism. Because in order to answer the question and exegete this phrase, we must admit that our primary allegiance is to this holy nation and not the nations of this world. This is a nation where God governs the nations of the world from. As he gives and as he takes, we take nothing from God. But he does not give to us, period. Listen, my friends, I am a Christian by faith alone in Jesus Christ alone, period. As soon as I became a Christian, I became a citizen of a holy nation called the kingdom of God, where I exercise my faith upon this earth, a faith that believes, repents, and works while I'm still breathing. My individual lane includes personal exercise of faith that covers the lane that I have been called to, not your lane, not God's lane. This lane includes the great commandment, sharing the gospel, personal family, community, and 22 years of military responsibility in this nation that I've been called to, called America, that I happen to be an earthly citizen of. It's this nation called America that serves my primary residence and citizenship in the holy nation, not the other way around. Therefore, I am not an American Christian nationalist. I am a kingdom holy nationalist where Christ is king and God is governor of the nations. And this happens to be God's lane. God is governor of the nations. This is his lane. KJR0305 on Gab replies to this false notion of taking dominion 
on Gab and says, dangerous and just sad. She says she had a long conversation with her family on this topic. She sees the appeal and where this let's go take something back is appealing. But she says, you're 100% right. We ain't taking nothing back unless God sanctions it. And this rhetoric always ends the same, she says. And I say, amen, my sister in Christ. God truly is the one who gives and takes away. We know this. Ecclesiastes 5, 18 to 19. Behold that which I have seen. It is good and comely for one to eat and to drink and to enjoy the good of all his labor, that he taketh under the sun all the days of his life, which God giveth him. For it is his portion, every man also to whom God hath given riches and wealth and hath given him power to eat thereof and to take his portion and to rejoice in his labor. This is the gift of God. And then Job 9.12 says, Behold, he taketh away who can hinder him, who will say unto him, What doest thou? And then if you ask me, What am I doing? What doest thou, Andrew? With this episode and these articles, well, the goal of this episode and these articles that respond to Christian nationalism, a biblical guide, for taking dominion and disciple nations by Andrew Torba and Andrew Isker is for iron to sharpen iron. And that's why I highlighted the biblical points made in the book as well. Mr. Nobody Petrie replied to the response episode with positive and negative feedback as well. He says, this is very helpful. A thoughtful response to the book that our brother Andrew Torba wrote. He says, I've also read the book. Some of the writing is completely agreeable, and yet other parts tend to be troubling. He says, I've been praying for the ability to leave an accurate opinion, as Brother Torba has requested. He says, your podcast, my brother helped in advancing that time, so yes, I have been blessed by for reading the Gab book and listening to your review. And then he quotes Daniel 4.17, which I believe to be a rather fitting quote. This matter is by the decree of the watchers and the demand by the word of the holy ones, to the intent that the living may know that the Most High ruleth in the kingdom of men and giveth it to whomsoever he will and setteth up over it the basest of men. Excellent quote, my brother. He says, I continually pray for the Holy Spirit to shake us all so that he will be, his will will be done before we choose our own will to be done. We must always seek his kingdom come rather than reinventing our own peace and blessings uh, Brother Petrie says, and same to you, my friend. Now, I was asked, how can Andrew Torba be born again and preach a false doctrine such as dominionism? And I responded to this question by simply stating that we all look through a glass, a dark glass. Therefore, we do not have all knowledge. Our pride will often preach things that we do not know based on on this same pride and allegiance to denominational talking points and political alliances. But this I also know that God is merciful, he's gracious, and he's long-suffering with each of us. So I do believe at this point that Torba is born again, and I believe that he is a novice preacher, and he's preaching things in ignorance as evil forces who know exactly what they're doing are manipulating him for access to his platform. Now, I could be mistaken. It could be deeper than I know. But I base this on the years of discernment that God has given me by viewing his behavior, 
and seeing him grow even over this same time as God has molded and shaped it me in my own life. As I look at my own past and the things that I did not understand and those things that I preached in ignorance and pride to stick to denominational talking points. And I've been humbled by the truth of these matters and these doctrines. And that's why I am now found in the wilderness preaching the word of God with no allegiance to denominational and political talking points. Because I refuse to bow to these idols. So again, for those who think that this response is personally to personally attack my brothers in Christ, uh, to include Andrew Torba, you're mistaken. I actually care about him. Proverbs 27, 6, Faithful are the wounds of a friend, but the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. Now, I posted this in article format yesterday, and it wasn't long. I had tagged and mentioned those that I had mentioned in uh, the article uh, format on Gab, and, and I think Torba got it because just shortly after that, he published a post and he said, Dominionism, the literal first thing that God commanded and blessed us with. And then he quotes Genesis, Genesis 1, 26 through 28, and God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let him have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowls of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. I replied, and then he immediately replied. I, I, I said, dominion over the creatures, not the nations. God is governor of the nations. Psalm twenty-two, twenty-eight: for the kingdom is of the Lord's, and he's the governor among the nations. And Torba had replied immediately and said, of course, God is governor of the nations. Now you're speaking like a true Christian nationalist, he says. And I, and I told him, I said, more like a kingdom holy nationalist in accordance with 1 Peter 2.9, but you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people. I told him, I said, where Christ has all power and dominion already to include over the nations. And uh, Christian nationalists are taking none of this dominion that belongs to God. Not long after this, Later in the day, I believe it was, I saw a post from a rocket at USA and says, Great! So we have all dominion over the fish and the birds and the cattle and the worms. Now if we just had dominion over our votes. <laughs> I saw that and I told him, Bravo, sir, bravo. I had another one who says, What do you think means have dominion over the earth means? I told him, Exactly what it means. The earth, you know, the land, the dirt, and the bodies of water and the trees where the creepy things crawl upon. Yeah, that's the earth, exactly what it says. I think we should do what Tweety Fish on Gab or take notes from Tweety, Kit, Tweety Fish because this person chimed in with great wisdom from Jude twelve twenty five, that states, To God our Savior, who alone is wise, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forever. Amen. Now, I will close with a open note that I posted to Andrew Torba, and I also DM'd him with it on his Gab account. I said, just so you know, brother, our disagreement is on dominion theology fueled by eschatology you currently subscribe to, not Christ. Now, I went to great lengths to defend you on this platform and elsewhere, but this I cannot defend. 
Yet at the same time, I still pray for you and the work that God has called you to do. I would just be careful for considering the brethren who do not subscribe to your dominionism and your eschatology as enemies. I wish there were more who had cared about me when I was a younger Christian to tell me what I needed to hear and not what I wanted to hear. Now, I believe all of this to be part of the package of love for the brethren, and I'm convinced the Lord has a continued plan for your life in Christ, my brother, 2 Timothy 2, 3. The irony of it all is those that who have rightfully exposed the Antichrist from the Jerusalem below, along with their earthly nationalism and supremacy, are now attempting to establish their own Jerusalem below. That includes earthly nationalism and its own supremacy called Christian nationalism. It's this exact hypocrisy that has been attempted many times throughout history with the same end state of destruction. You can play your silly antichrist, rabbit games of carnal nationalism if you want. I am a Christ supremacist and kingdom nationalist from the Jerusalem above. Peace. Psalm 75. Unto thee, O God, do we give thanks. Unto thee do we give thanks, for that thy name is near, thy wondrous works declare. When I shall receive the congregation, I will judge uprightly. The earth and all the inhabitants thereof are dissolved. I bear up the pillars of it, Selah. I said unto the fools, deal not foolishly. And to the wicked, lift not up the horn. Lift not up your horn on high. Speak not with a stiff neck. For promotion cometh neither from the east, nor from the west, nor from the south. But God is the judge. He putteth down one and setteth up another. For in the hand of the Lord there is a cup. And the wine is red, it is full of mixture, and he poureth out of the same. But the dregs thereof, all the wicked of the earth, shall wring them out and drink them. But I will declare forever, I will sing praises to the God of Jacob. All the horns of the wicked also will I cut off, but the horns of the righteous shall be exalted. I pray that this episode of Gospel was a blessing to you. And if you would like to become a team member of this Christ work, simply pray. Pray that God would use this podcast mightily for his glory. Share the episodes wherever you can and support with a subscription if you're able to do so. We are in this together, Christ friends. Keep up the good fight.